0: Welcome to the Clash Act podcast, but first we're going to take a word from our sponsors Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won car of the year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van.
1: That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's sure. impressive. Contact the lads in Morris Motors, Walford Old Kenny
0: today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast with myself, Eddie Scally, and I'm delighted to be joined. And I mean this as well, delighted to be joined as a West Mead man getting to interview probably the greatest uh, ever football manager in the GEA, and of course, uh, honorary Royal King of Mead, Sean Boylan. Sean, thanks a million for taking the call.
1: are you, Eddie? are you, Good to talk to you.
0: I, I'm very good, Sean. Um, we, we'll just dive straight into it here um, like you, you, you had a real battle with Covid um, kind of early on in, in in this whole Covid um, yeah. kind of time that we're in how, how have you been since?
1: I'm good Eddie I'm great honestly but at the time Eddie it was oh, the thing I ever had in my life um, I was in great form I went to give blood and uh, my oxygen levels were too low so I was taken to hospital and and um, I was diagnosed the next day or next morning with COVID and it turned out that I had pneumonia as well and I lost 10 kilo uh, in six days. So when I came home, I was absolutely terrified. I was afraid to do blessed thing, to get out of bed. I was afraid to go out and meet people, afraid to infect the rest of your family whatever it was. But the big thing was um, you lost your certainty about everything. And it was the most eerie thing that ever happened to me. And like years and years ago, and I'm saying, I'm lucky I had a cancer back in 2009. And it was, was it tough. Yeah, tough, but nothing. like, Again, I had no, no trouble with side effects from it. No problem with it at all. Um, had knee joints done. Had all sorts of stuff done. No problem. But this Not the living daylights out of me. And of course, when you stop and think it's viral. And when it's viral, it doesn't have to attack. And if there's any weakness in you at all, it it's not like that. And I suppose maybe, uh, you know, that maybe like everybody else you were weary with all the talk about the COVID position at the very start. I left hospital on 31st of March of last year. But five or six weeks later, all I can tell you is that my wife said to me, look, you're not yourself, you're, you're snapping. It's everything I never was, really. And uh, even the kids are saying it. I know they're not kids, but they, they are kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I went out onto your garden, out onto the yard, and I started to think about it. And I said, "Sean, if somebody come into you, and they got to say, you're suffering post-traumatic stress and shock, and having had a testosterone-driven tumor back some years ago, when your testosterone is suppressed as a male, I was nearly like someone who was premenstrual menopause." And um, anyhow, went outside and made up some herbs and different things, and so on. Turned the corner, but it took weeks and months to get the energy and the staying power back suddenly it was like aging overnight and I suppose it's a natural process but I would see the number of young people that I would have seen at the time there were two men in the ward with me and um, one was 27 and the other was 42 and I was out of hospital quicker than they were because with young people forget about it all it seems to affect their whole vitality and if you it's like being robbed of your youth and uh, and that's a tough scene. That's a tough scene. And I can imagine, like people talk about, I've seen that some lads playing for Rome County, they would have had it. And I would say to some of the lads, they're not going to be the same. You've got to take them handy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, oh, so when the thing came up about sort of Tyrone and the All Ireland and so on, it didn't matter. It was the first round, never mind the All Ireland. If they had and were active, had actively got it, you're not going to be ready in six days. And you can it's a medical condition it's not we have to fulfill this fixture or that fixture years ago look we had snow and storm and everything else for six or seven weeks a year we thought that we'd never hardly used again or a football or a rugby ball or anything kicks again but we got over and we were and all things up and storms and so on but this was a man called, a man called frank Shoulders. he did a great documentary on Talla hospital and frank also did a documentary years and years ago on Chernobyl and I've been fortunate enough to know the man and Frank said to me Sean he said this is the nearest thing that I have ever come across to Chernobyl so I'll never get him around there he said you could see nothing you could feel nothing you could touch nothing you could hear nothing but there was that eeriness that was there and and I suppose that's what happens with the unknown and um, look I'm just glad to say the lads are okay and I hope the Kerry lads are okay as well because it's hard enough to out against somebody you want to be out against the very best you know, we would have seen it years ago another final against Down got Tim broken his leg um, and Colin Rock the week of the, the, the All-Ireland got a pneumonia and lost 15 pounds weight you know that's like how would you play you know the danger of a cardiac arrest. you know what I mean and uh, so Sean Sean like but, just, that was a long answer Eddie I'm awful yeah, sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no it's, it, it's exactly what we want you know but, but Sean just just from your experience with, with the COVID um, yeah. and, and your own personal experience, there's kind of a two sides to the next question for you there. The first one I okay. would say is, and you've kind of tipped on it a little bit, is okay. if you were training, say, Tyrone or Curry at the moment, like Tyrone have had, they've had a, a an outbreak within their camp. Um, like, is it possible that the Tyrone team are going to be in peak condition going into this weekend's All-Ireland semi-final? Is it, is it actually possible that they could be all right by the weekend?
1: Well, I I see, I don't know how long they had it beforehand. I, knew, I know that before they played Monaghan, there were four lads. So I can't tell you that. And all Fred and Logan and Brian Dewar could do was <coughs> go with a medical assessment and then the fitness table and so on. But I know, like, for Dara uh, Canavan, you, you know, the first day that he got up afterwards, the chapter had just stretched he to go back to bed for a day. You know what I mean? I just know how to know that. You know what I mean? And, like, um, so... Look at... I know Tyrone and I'm So when you take the, the feet on Saturday, there are going to be no excuses, but, but at the, the decision that Brian Lowe, Brian, Brian Durham, Fregard Logan had at the time was nothing to do with politics because try, you ha, you had to protect the last because every player you have wants to play and they never tell you I'm not able to play. And like... You know, down your own way, Brian Cody would tell you, lads, the worst people in the world were lads who were getting older. No, no, I'm, I'm grand. There's not a bother of me. I'm grand. I'm and that's 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 because this is, this is, there's this extraordinary desire to perform, and play for your county on the big stage, and so on. But look, I've no doubt that the right decision was taken, and hopefully it was mild enough that they recovered. But it was right not to endanger anybody else. And don't right to call off the training when they did. And they're
0: the right things to do. And this is the second part to the same kind of question. It's been suggested that some inter-county managers have asked their players not to get vaccinated till the championship season is over because of the side effects from vaccinations.
1: Well, now, can I just say, I can't understand any manager making that decision because, again, it's a medical decision. Do you understand? Yeah. And um, But you've got to ask yourself, which is the most important? You know, your, your health is the most important of all. And if that's not right, whether you have the vaccination or not, you're endangering yourself, you're putting yourself out there, and you shouldn't do that. Like, the thing is, this that for the first time in the world, all the medicine came together, and you have a product that is 96% successful. I don't know any form of medicine. Going back to the turn of the 20th century, when social changed the world with all the skin conditions. Then you came along, you know, and you had antibiotics came in the 30s, you had, you know, pasteurization, all these things to save people. And this goes right on through, through life again, near all the different, you know, you had joint replacements and so on, and all the things that people suffered. Now, this was like my father was born in eighteen eighty. My father, not my grandfather. And uh, I often heard him talking about the black flu. And my mother as well, she talking about it. she was, was twenty eight years younger but she remembered it well. And my mother was including in and she often remembered three or four coffers coming out of every house. Now, that is something that sticks with you. so you have twenty million people you know, in the three-week period throughout the world, all the talk would be about the First World War, about the six or eight million people lost, but in three weeks, with the Spanish flu, 20, mi- 20 million people killed, you know, in, by the flu. So, um, and you know, something that then as like, corona, it doesn't know what to do with it, it's slithery, you know, and that's and the that's fact. And, uh, you know, for years, you would have had particularly cured by cattle and cows, you would think calves could get boroma. And if they didn't get the injection within 24 hours, they were dead. So, like, this is not new. This has been around. And the unfortunate thing, when well, it was first to be named back in 1972 or whatever, the person happened to say, in 50 years, this could cause a pandemic. And there's where you are. And that's what happened. So, it's, it's something, Eddie, homage to God. It's, it's a terrible thing to say, but we're actually all novices in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even the medical people, like, they have learned so fast and they've coped, they've done an extraordinary job. And even the politicians, like, the job they have to do to try and protect people. And like, no matter what decision you are making, it's not the right decision. Because this is one of the ones, it started with the kids in Berlin Liam's last year. And there were sixty nine thousand of them. And they took the decision and there was one percent of them didn't stay inside and didn't do the right things. And they set the example for everybody else. And you know, what a tough and elderly people, savage, savage disease who we belong to, in dining or hospital, not being able to go on see them. Like this is this is something this was like the third world war for all the world. So it was an extraordinary time and it's it are there and the offshoot will go on but whatever chance you have whatever chance you have is having the vaccination and people say well what about the clotting and so on they know the type it is I know because the masculinity or whatever they know what to do with it. like years ago you might not have known that so you know, maybe this has brought medicine forward 100 years or whatever but it also brought people on well, it still goes back to taking ownership yourself. You know what I mean? I know that if I was a player, my person in charge no, oh, don't want to have the vaccination in case of side effects. Hang on there. I'm going for this. And, uh, you know, my oldest at the time was 16. our oldest was 27. Uh, I was six. And, uh, you know, my oldest dad had just started with Scottish Opera, the first day. And you have to stop. And he only, he only went back a month ago. And like, he's 29 now, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, as he said to himself, look my wife, he gets stronger. But so it didn't upset everything that every man he had in life. The younger girl, if it was doing to leave, it was upset her. Of course it did. Um, and saving other people. Kids, like doing your first year in college and never meet your peers. This is all very foreign to us. So... You know, you'd be thanking God for football and hurling and
0: and soccer and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like again, until this, until everybody's vaccinated, it won't be safe. That's it. And you must have felt, Sean. Like I, I read the article about you know with the Dublin team with their incident there, and and it wasn't just Dublin. There was a number of counties that done it. But you must have felt these training breaches, like as a as a former intercounty manager, like you must have thought these guys are acting extremely selfish here.
1: Uh, I just felt I it was Like, what are you trying to do? I know everyone says, sure, we don't going to go now, but you're like, every time you handled the ball, you were in danger picking it up. And I just think, a lot of it was ignorance and they didn't understand. And you'd imagine some people would have known better, but through recent life, almost oh, like that.
0: It is, it is, and I suppose we live and learn um, in in, yeah, in these yeah. things. Um, and it, it was unfortunate. I, I, look,
1: I would I up into... Um, the Abbey School in Uri, maybe two and a half months ago, a little more, and I met Brendan Hughes. And the first thing Brendan said to me was, why well, you been to on in the all Ireland well, Fund? Why you bring him on sooner? Now, it was 30 years ago and they won the all Ireland. do you understand? And they're wondering why they didn't do it. Did I ever make a book at the time? No, I never did. That was Colin's business, do you understand? Yeah. And like, but like, he knew because well, the doctor told him on the Thursday not to go to Crow Park, never mind play, and just he turned the corner. And on the Sunday morning, he was told twenty minutes no longer. So, in the thirty-third second of the of the final minute, that's when the game was over for Colm raw and that was the right thing. And that's what you had to do.
0: You, you you make the right call for the for you the person the right and call, not like the right call, call you, for like
1: yourself. What it if you, you know, the if you're, if you're really learned that someone has the life?
0: Nothing, yeah, no, no, I see right. your point. Yeah, and yeah. like, I know
1: sometimes the, the losing can be awful hard and we've had plenty of losses, you know what I mean? But we've had lots of great
0: times as well, you know? Yeah, and I suppose the, the most important thing is to be able to live and do it I again. It
1: feels like a lecture, now, you know,
0: you are know it's 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 100%. Sean, I, w- I want to just dip into your manager career there because we come on to kind of nicer things than, than, than COVID and I, I do appreciate how open and honest you've been about the whole COVID experience, but you were appointed Mead manager in 1983. You were around 34 years of age at the time. Um, do, like, Do you remember, you know, how did it come about that you became, I knew you, you played Harlem with me, and you played a bit of football as well, but yeah, how did it come about in 1983? Like at 34, you would have been a very young intercounty manager. Oh, I,
1: I was actually 39.
0: 39, right. excellent. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, But look, that doesn't matter. It's, uh, look, what happened was Matty Kerrigan, Nick O'Brien, Desi Ferguson and Jerry McIntyre were nominated as... The, for me coaching and trainer and for different circumstances the lads couldn't do it and Brian Smith W. and Liam Creven had Liam it was who rang me first county secretary rang said that I'm nominated for a position and then Liam said well what are you doing and I thought first of all it was a wind up when he told me it was for the football position I said Liam hang on I'll ask you to give you see now let me think about it right he said well, don't be too long about it he says right then I got into the car I went up to see Brian Smith Dobby. W. Albert Bryan was the first Meade man to lift the Sam McGuire and uh, won during Hurling all around with me, an extremely managed ordinary player and a revolutionary really in, in promotion of games and uh, he was going to he left me he at half nine to go to a meeting at I said to will be back at uh, maybe around 12 o'clock or half 12 which I called up and I called up having spoken with him with pal Farrell and uh, he he uh, he did the devil's advocate with me because he knew and a solid life I lived at that time I would have been a busy enough life and um, there were never enough hours of the day and it was blessed with energy and so on and uh, eventually we, we said right okay look I'll have it going for three months until you get somebody and that's exactly any no the story has never changed because that's exactly the way it was and um Look, the leagues were restructured at the time and meat found themselves in Division 2. And I remember the last talk we had been trained the previous year and two years came down in Clewson Park in Ennis, And there were more seagulls than people at the match. Suddenly we were in Division 2. And the aim, as we, as we could, was to try and get a settled team and to try and get it going from there. And there were seven selections with me. There was some lads there who hadn't been there before, but especially sport goes. But there was a very strong um, club system in the county, and that all that was always there. But the county wasn't getting the same lash, You know what I mean? And that's how it happened. I, I came in and we started winning a few. We won a, an Ubon Cup, and then you know got promoted to Division One. And I remember it was a huge thing for the county playing. National League semi final against Armagh. And um, oh, George Chaylor's gone a couple of great goals. Mr. McConville in the corner's going another great goal, right? a great And there was 8,600 people last And you throw 100,000 there. It was a huge crowd for us. It was an awful day. Snow and everything else. And a man called Christo Hand, who was left half-back on the meeting, all well, the other in 1949. He wrote to me and he said, what a mental to see a meet team playing with great with great abandon in Crowe Park on the Sunday. And it was a beautiful thing to get. And we went on then, we played the first round of the Championship. And we played double, and it was a draw. And um, they won the replay after extra time. And they went on and won the All-Art. Now, when it came to the replay, I looked to get a played in Crowe Park rather than down in Adam. And my reason was I felt that the squad of lads that were there, that there would be, need to be in Crow Park a lot to get used to it, right? And uh, the county board back to me. And Dublin, as I say, they won an extra time and they went on to win the All-Ireland in 83. And then at the first round of the National League, didn't we draw, they didn't, weren't we, uh, drawn against each other again, right? They were in There was 25,000 people in Park Halton. And ah, uh, look, the place was mad. And that started a roller coaster, Eddie. You follow me? Yeah. And, like, if you won, you were great. And if, you did, if they didn't mention chase, why can't you expect your man to hold You know what I mean? And, like, and then we came to sort of, gave, gave the wrong bottle or whatever it was, because I'm a herbalist or whatever, you know. But all told, it was that coming together of club and county. But the lads who came in, even the very first night, I just asked them one thing. I said, lads, when you come in, you could have kicked the lad out of each other on a Sunday. When you come in to me on a, on, a, on on Tuesday night, whether you're from baden brackie one part of the county, or Betty's Town, the other, or Old Castle down the north, or Dunboyne down the south of me. just no matter where you come from, when you come in to me on Tuesday night, you're coming in as big man, and you have to leave all that behind. And just, it, and that's <clears throat> And it just went from there. And, uh, you know, we had a good year, in Won the Centenary Cup, which is the first open draw in the history of the game, and she was just powerful. And we were beaten in the National final by Dublin. And then I looked for my own selectors, and we were barely survived Division One, the National mm-hmm. League. We got hammered by Leic in the Leicester Championship down at Tullamore, beating 10 points. And it looked like the writing was on the wall. And um, I came in home one night, I live with my mother and father, my mother, father was dead at the time, and into the kitchen. And Jerry McIntyre and Colin rock and Liam Hayes and Mip and Porridge Lines and Joe Castles were all in the kitchen with my mother, sitting round the table with her. You wouldn't see the lads with my mother smoking and eating, and <laughs> round and drinking tea. And I tell you, now, you crowd, go up the house there now and sort this out, whatever you have to sort out. And uh, the sword now was really it was just an open discussion about wherever we have come from, where I felt the team could go to. and it couldn't have been more honest. The party lines just said to me, "Sean, when you you're touching Sean, this is your pocket? And that changed everything, because suddenly it meant that when I put the chairs around the circle, anything that I need to say, I could say. But more importantly, anything that they felt I had to say. There was no blame. This was all. What can we do to get better? And that, was, and the following year, then the one, the following the one at Leinster, and that started 16 years. Just of absolute joy, you know what I mean, yeah, like obviously yeah, and uh,
0: just just on on that time, Sean, because you know when you come home in a scenario like that and 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 you're faced up with a number of players, and I'm sure they're not challenging your position as the manager, but that everybody wants the same outcome, I suppose that they're probably a positive conversation as opposed to yeah
1: correct
0: um but was do you think that meeting in the kitchen in your mother's house was the catalyst for what came after?
1: Absolutely, without a question. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you know I talk a lot, and I'm very open. I'm a very private man in many ways. right? And um, like, I wouldn't be telling... You take, <clears throat> at the time, players like Joe Castle and Roan, and Cherry and all those, they were great footballers. So my job was to try and prepare as best I could with my selectors, the right environment for them, having them prepared right, um, and not, not being prepared for all eventualities and so on that was my job and um, the first couple of years it was great but it couldn't go any further until there was no doubt on the field of play or there was no looking over at the line to see what do we do next it automatically nodded another head or whatever it was and that just took the responsibility that needs to be taken and that's what I'm saying to take ownership of it and it wasn't had you go into a lesson, you blaming this one or blaming on that one. What can we do? Try and put that right. That's all we could do, because when
0: it happened, it happened. And 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 then with, with that mead team, like you this you know, I was this was a very informative years for me. I was age ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, Euro eighty eight, all these things are things I remember. But one of the things I always remember like you have to remember, there was no Mead before Sean Boylan for me, like um so it was just the Mead football team. But it was your rivalry with Cork that that I just I just loved you know the the, the battles between Cork and yourselves yeah. it was <clears throat> yeah. and as a kid you know for me because obviously we're from Westmeath you know <laughs> unfortunately we weren't going to be competing in All Ireland finals at that time um but, but always had great teams. This is it, but we kind of always kind of felt that we were coming up. We'd have great players, maybe four or five, but we'd always be that three or four points, or in some cases worse, you know, yeah. from doing it. But I remember we used to always kind of latch on to the meat games and watch them when you were there. But that rivalry with Cork, I mean, I know the first year, obviously, you won your Leinster Championship, didn't go on and didn't win the All Ireland that year. But in your first All Ireland title, um, you beat Cork in the replay. That was a drawn one for your first All Ireland, wasn't it? Uh, no, draw the second one. The second one, sorry. So the, the first, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, but that was the start. So you played your first all-Ireland win was against Cork. Yeah, that was Wild, the, yeah. Uh, and the
1: second was against Cork after
0: replay. And,
1: and in between, you won the national league after replay
0: against Dublin. Um, with the rivalry, like, was it, the rivalry with Cork? Was it? Did you become so familiar with each other that you know it was like nearly a chess match sometimes against them?
1: <laughs> it might be as polite as chess. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but but, but do, do, do you know what I'm saying when, uh, I know it definitely wasn't as polite as chess for watching uh, it when,
1: when you look know back at both teams they were so physically strong I know people talk about sort of the way people are conditioned today but the team that Biddy Morgan had and the team I was fortunate enough to have there was an innate strength there but also mental strength like when we're talking about that like this year put John Kern as the Cork goalkeeper 20 years dead it's hard to believe it's gone by so quick and what a legend you know what I mean yeah. and that Cork team they're beating in two All-Irelands um, and one after replay and they come back then the following year they beat Mayo and the following year they beat us again like that takes some character resilience and so on and that's what you were dealing against and from a, which was intense rivalry and you had to beat them um but at the back of it all there was an admiration for what they had done and maybe a recognition that what our own had done was, was immense as well.
0: And, and and for you yourself, Sean, um and obviously I don't mean this in any way, you know, you know, disrespectfully at all, but like yeah, yeah. in 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 your first year getting to an all Ireland final, I know you know that that you're there, the build up to the game for you you know, when you haven't played in an All Ireland final, you haven't been part of a team that's gotten mm-hmm. to an All Ireland final. Did you kind of say, "Right, I'm going to do this Sean Boylan's way," and this is how we'll prepare for this game, and this like, or did you have people kind of that were in there with you that were kind of advising you and guiding you through the whole? Well,
1: Pat Reynolds it, and Tony Brennan both had won All Irelands with me. They were two selectors.
0: So okay. these, you know, it's 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 the the, the the way I kind of you know, it's just I'm not on about the actual. Getting the team ready to pl- perform on the day. I'm not on about that. I'm on about sometimes the way the occasion can overawe certain people. Absolutely, so yeah. that well, couple. I,
1: t- I tell you, um, the night that we qualified to play Cork in the All Ireland final, I rang Kevin Heffernan from Dublin, and I say, Kevin, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about the build up of the All Ireland final. I don't want to know anything about Cork. I just want to know the build up. And because we have, had, me hadn't been in for 20 years. And I said how things have changed with the whole organisation in Crow Park. And he said, i always remember the word he actually said, come up a star and uh, maybe have a cup of tea and we'll have a chat. And that night I left, the Monday night, the following night, I left Kevin Heffernan's house and I arrived in home and Liam Creven, the county secretary, and Finta Ginnity, the county chairman, were here. And there and then it was all sorted out. What well, with the tickets would be set all the all the paraphernalia. So you knew what might be the distractions, right? And we just planned for it from there. And this was just play- and, and made as, as light of it as possible. At the same time we knew what we had to do. And um, you know, that was that was that. And people said, Well, why don't you go to somebody else and meet? was nothing to do with that. He'd have been in a fine for 20 years. Like, 20 years previously, there wasn't the meeting of the president and all that. There wasn't a situation where, you know, it it, it just, uh, life evolves and it changes, you know, and that's why... You get to somebody
0: who's been there there a lot yeah and and that, that, that was really exactly the point that I was kind of looking to see yeah. what you did because you know I've spoken to, to to many sports stars that have that have won All-Irelands and the one that comes back to me and it kind of hits me when they say it to me is that two weeks you know there used to be a kind of cycle where you'd win a semi-final you'd have a two or three week break yeah. and and lads here even in Kilkenny were telling me that you're walking around town with your head down because you're afraid someone's going to yeah. come up and hassle you for tickets sir. can you help me yeah. with this and and I was just thinking God you know for an amateur sport it, we put an awful lot of pressure on these guys and I just know obviously with Brian Cody he seems yeah. to put a lid in it, I'm sure with Sean Boylan after you know when you've done it once you learn yeah. you move on but just that first final I just wondered but I
1: know that, I know that um, when it came to the tickets I said now look at lads you're going to get four tickets for nothing And you have an opportunity to buy six. And I said, do me a favor. Don't get involved in handling the tickets at all. Because he said, if you have a thousand, you won't have enough. And Colin Barrokes spoke up and he said, Sean, there are 12 in my family. And thank God, he said, my mother and father are still alive. And I'm married and everything else, he said. All I can tell you is, I'd be very thankful for the 10 tickets. And my brothers and sisters are... Big enough and bold enough to look after themselves and look for one, right, <laughs> and that was it. actually I know I know two of the lads. One particular, he he got caught for a lot of tickets. He got caught for people to painful, and um, you know, it's he was young and this, and these things happen, and like people promise you the sun moon and and they want something, and sometimes when they get it, they forget that they've looked for it in the first place, but it's, it can be a rude lesson but you, the last thing you need is that sort
0: of distraction and then kind of coming away from the ticket side of it because I'll talk to you about some of the games in a, in, a, in a second it's it's it's. I want to ask you a drawn All-Ireland final that goes into replay I know you drew the game with Cork and won the replay you drew with Mayo on another All-Ireland final and won the replay as well Yeah. does that you know does that really mess up there's no way you go to Crow Park for the first match of an All-Ireland final with plans for the replay in the back of your head is there? No so, the minute the game is, the full-time whistle's gone, the game is a draw, is, is that, what's that feeling like? Is this a nightmare?
1: Could I, I started diff- answer in a different way? Yeah. The
0: lads in uh,
1: 1996, we were very young, the majority of the right? uh, when the match was over, <coughs> and I went into the dressing room with the lads, and there was huge elation. And then I just pulled them around and I said, look at lads, we've won all Ireland by a point. There's another team in the other dressing room and they've been beaten by one. They have put in exactly the same effort as we have and they have uh, the same desire and everything else. But one thing is certain, your life will never be the same because people feel they nearly have an ownership of you within your county. And that's the beautiful thing of a supporter. And the big thing that I was good enough at maybe was helping us even the first year. Gone back from the anxiety of your own supporters. And, uh, and that can weigh you down. And you've, look, you have a thousand fathers when it comes to telling you how to do it and so on. But you have built up in the previous matches. Like, if you were to take the preparation we had in the Leinster Championship again and play in Dublin a second time, you know, in, an in a Leinster final, I should say. Like that's as big as an occasion as you'll get. Like for us to win Leicester was huge. To win it a second time, we had to be seven points different or better from the previous year. And to win the All Ireland, we had to be ten points better than we were against Kerry in the semi final the year before. So there's a fair focus on what you need to do, and you can't allow yourself to be distracted from it. And there's no, there's no bait at the table or anything else because, like, just give me an example. The day of an all-Ireland final, the length of time that you're out on the pitch, like if you break a bottles or whatever it is to get them out in the field and so on, and then you have 20 or 22 minutes in the field of play, and out of that you will be looking to get 10 minutes where you're kicking around or whatever, or you're just loosening out. But the rest is taken up in pageantry. You know, you have, you have the honour of meeting the president, hasn't been introduced, you have the parade, and all of those things. So it's amazing how quickly that time goes by. So if you if your own lads some say and say the previous Jews or or whatever it was had in their head the three or four most important things that they had to remember. Um all you were going to do is confuse them. That's all you were going to do. So start giving different orders or different directions. And that has to be a two way trust that if something needs to be changed, that that will be done. And Remember in those early days, all we were uh, had were three subs. So you could only use one. You always had to keep one in case somebody was injured. So uh, people said, was it intense? Yeah, because every flea was off the ground and every sideline ball was off. So it was very physical. And uh, then, of course, it changed the balls. In the latter, the ball was out of the hand and so on. But again, it was being just prepared for that. So when you actually got, you know, you win your Leinster, you win your semi-final. And, uh, you know, I remember after 1991, we, come got out in the semi-final, and that was our ninth championship match. And we had had three draws, four draws, three against Dublin and one against, uh, against uh, uh, like It was an awful lot of game time. Just the intense relief to reach the final. And maybe there was too long of a break for the three weeks for the, the All-Ireland final. Maybe not, because even though you say you won't let yourself or your attention fall down or you, whatever, it, it's human nature. And that's and that's the way it is. You know, You've beaten two points in the All-Ireland final. But that's, but again, um, there's no guarantees in sport. And every day you go out, you have to try and do your best. But the most important thing is there's no point in going in a panic. There's no point in and yourself worked up. Like, I can't understand online how lads get involved with the referee and get involved with the of fish and everything else because oh, you have enough to do to do your own job. You know what I mean? And because, I like, that's but, the most most important session you ever had is the day of the match itself.
0: And, but did you is that something that you would have never done, Sean? Is it referee making a heinous decision and you losing the plot on the side and you just left it to them, did you? Never get on to referee, no, no. And, again, looking at the game today, as you say, it's kind of part and parcel now that it seems every manager... Is that managers playing to the crowds? Or is it...
1: Look, I, I, we have four sons. And when the eldest lad then went to school in Belvedere. and I've been in school there, and um, the all-playing rugby, it's in the first year, under-12s or whatever it was, so first years. And uh, never questioned the referee and one day there were so many teams there that had to play a match on the soccer field but they played soccer Jesus Christ every decision the referee made from watching the telly the lads who in the rugby would say nothing were, were called were called to the referee so we're like animals of habit do you follow me <laughs> like um, if you take you take you take last Sunday in the, the All-Ireland hurling, there were so few frees and um, you know just you haven't taught, if you're caught up in your own job you have, you have no time for getting involved in arguments you know what I mean I just think it's social energy the first, first time I remember I was from a man called Bobby Charlton that's an awful long time ago and when he said he never saw any team and he never saw any referee to change his mind on a field of play and that always struck with me and um, after the, the Munich disaster and so on a few months later, I happened to be in Old Trafford, and my best pals lived in Manchester, and um, Cody Youngfords had committed the team, and so on. But all i remembered. Bobby Charlton. I've never seen a referee change his mind, and it's amazing where you learn things. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it's like it, it, it is. It is something that's, you know, like I see it with young lads diving now. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, hard to watch. It is, and and see, like you're older than me and I'm older than my kids and you know, and they all say the same you know you shake it ahead and that wouldn't happen in my day you know you know this type of thing but but it genuinely wouldn't feign in injuries but to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar and you know these highest paid professional footballers in the world rolling around and dancing and it's which
1: is like ballet
0: this is it but you'd be fearful that it, it could slip into our own game and you'd never want that to happen in, in well, our I, game
1: I have to tell you one of the things that really troubles me the refereeing in Gaelic football and Hurling. And I would have spoken to four different presidents of the association in Crow Park about the difficulty for referees. And I said, will you do me a favour? And when all the Hogan I said, now this is where the assessors sit. And we're down to the back of the canal end and back around the back of the, the hill end. I said, now look down that field. And that's what a Hurling or football referee has. He's 160 metres, right? Okay, he has two lines and he has umpires. Now, if he gets it right 85% of the time, he's doing well. And I said, have assessors up in the field who are seeing a totally different angle and they're seeing other things that he, by the way, missed, but there's things like, what has been taken from the referees today is their integrity to make the right decision. Like, you sh- every good referee will know if there's intent. But that's all taken from. Me. Now if it's if there's an attempt or something or an apparent attempt or at something, um, straight away it's a yellow, it's a black or whatever it is. And not, like, you know like years ago in getting football, um, they brought in the rule, a play on rule. Sort of like somebody got injured, fine. But otherwise you just played on. You kept the game going. Now, is it is annoying when people die. And it is annoying for people to pretend. But, like, that still doesn't make it right. And people say it's gamesmanship. Look at You have enough to do to do the right thing. Like, um, you can have sometimes a player, and maybe he's not going for it fully, and he gets injured or whatever it is. Uh, don't start blaming other people. You know what I mean? That's it. But the referee, how they manage, just amazes me because it's become more and more and more difficult. Now, I know you have your linesmen that have a say today years and years ago I remember Paddy Collins a famous referee the linesman going into Paddy and Paddy asked him to leave the field his job you mind the line I'll do this if I want your opinion I'll ask for it right and the same with the Rumpers years and years ago and it's a very difficult job because the game is so fast so fast um, again their job really their their original job was just to do, because, just to be umpires. So they're now expected to call if there's a they see something and it's in way out the field. It's not great. You you to off with two referees than that. You know what I mean? That's not fair to them because they're seeing from fifty or sixty yards away.
0: Yeah, so they're not going to have the if you had two it's two refs yeah. either half. Like
1: I, I can never understand, never understand how any referee would send off a player for something he hasn't seen. It's the most major decision that you
0: make, but they seem to be overturned regularly when the referee hasn't seen it himself. Um, in this year's uh, Peter Casey's overturned red card from the semi final of the All Ireland seemed to have yeah, been but overturned. Like why
1: it happened in the
0: first place? But this is it. The umpires called him and said that it was you know that yeah. there'd been an instance. Like, you know,
1: and that's where okay, if you had a second one or whatever it was, you know what I mean. I think if you're doing anything now, you have know, the umpires, it's it's such the ball travels so fast, and particularly with the slither, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're, if you're distracted for a moment and uh, watching what your job is, So if you're acting like a referee as well, hang on. Something's going to slip. Something's going to run. You know, that's really So, at the same time, the referee would need, you need a computer with all the ticks and so on. Like, I can't see the logic in it and I never could.
0: Just coming back away from referees for for a while, Sean, and just the the game in general, like the longevity of your career at Mead as a Mead manager, twenty three years at the helm, Um, you know Brian equaled it this year. I think Brian Cody has equalled the the same length of time at the oh, helm.
1: Geez, no comparison the world. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, <laughs> but but he, he, genuinely, you've both held down. I think people in Mead would, would would hold you in the very same light, and and people in the GAA world would see you in the same light. Like at twenty three years in the game yourself I kind of two sides to this one the first one is h- how did you keep yourself fresh for 23 years um, <clears throat> you know like I hear a lot of people saying the life cycle of a manager is three years you know there's obviously you know, you know there's 20 it's years
1: Eddie Eddie I think I'm a slow learner you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but oh God, I could never take it was only once in my life I looked for two years that's all and um that was very, my very last year. And the reason was, I felt that um, after 20 years of stability, if um, if I couldn't, if I, my last year wanted to bring somebody with me, I wanted well, for two years, so in the second year, whoever I brought with me that year, that they would take over as manager, and that would be seamless. But, like, you know, that's not democracy. That was what I was looking for, and I didn't guess it. Was I all upset about it? No, I wasn't. It was just that I felt so much about and it wasn't that I felt that I was just the only man. Nothing to do with that in the blessed world because normally it would only take it for a year. And if you ask me after a match, win or lose in All-Ireland, or win or lose in Leinster, what's your, what are you doing for next year, Sean? I would always say the same thing. I'll wait till I'm nominated. If I'm nominated, then I'll give you an answer. Do you understand? Yeah. Like... And that's exactly the way I always was.
0: And did you bring in, kind of like, I know you regularly change your backroom team up, you know, diff- different things.
1: Not very often, no, not very often.
0: And then, yeah. tra- even your training styles?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, I think anybody who's with me over the years said, my God, it changed so much. But again, the, the original team I had were so physically strong. Sure, geez, we had to do so much stretching to loosen them out the power that was in them because of the type of work that they were doing. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, so sort of the, the newer team that we call it, sort of the, sort of the after ninety, after ninety five, you know, that, the training program for ninety six and so on, that was really totally different. And um, like Pavlenz and, and Tony Brennan, they came at me in with me sort of in eighty five, and what was happening was the lads own sons were were in line for coming in, and that's not fair. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's when, you know, McLean's and Joe Castle just came in for came in for a year, and um, so uh, then Frank Foley and Evan O'Brien came in, and um, then after a few years, uh, Colin Coy came in and David Bacon came in, you know. But again, if you take it over the years, there weren't all that many changes really, because like people have the lives to live and get on with and so on, and. Um, there never was any really major route that I know of. Anyhow, you know, you know um, like, you know, if, like, a game in going after the dawn, um, first of all, in, um, oh, 2000, sorry, what year was it? What year was it? 2001, the club championship structure was changed to me. And I told the Canterbury chairman and secretary, look, the way this has changed, for the first time in Championship, you can lose in our county because you had A-teams in the division. So when you had a four, you couldn't afford to be beaten You might get a draw, but you couldn't afford to be mm-hmm. And uh, so that capacity to almost feel, really, you know, that you have to of the match, there was no second chance. That was always there. So when that changed, instead of a kind of board chair, said, that be ten years before me to win a Leinster. And we were national champions in and nine years later, Eamonn O'Brien's team was the next time me won a Leinster. And like that's that's—it's a terror how a change in culture. Do you understand? Now it's gone back to 14th in the division now, but like if you take competition out of it, um, it changes everything. You no, know? like you could play the way the championship changed—you could play the first round the Leinster. And you could go to Chicago for a year. Well, not for a year for for three months and come back and play a second round, you know. And your sure lads couldn't maintain that.
0: No, and then just just with your own kind of management style, Sean, um, from now this is only listening to what what we're told from from players and stuff. We have to take them all at face value. There was there was two ones that I seen and I thought they were both quite interesting. Number one was a former player of yours said that you know they were on about drink bans and cultures behind drink bans and telling players you can't drink he said that Sean Boylan treated us like adults and in return we act, acted like adults so he said he yes. never remembered in all his time playing for Mead Sean Boylan saying now lads no drink tonight or anything like that. Is that was that the case?
1: No the funny thing Eddie is and uh, against my own choice I never smoked or drank in night and this is what I'm telling you about taking ownership and that uh, I know one particular lad who kept me after some other time, he sent saying to me, and he came in first, he was taking a bunch of jars, but he realised when bring your training at a certain intensity um, for recovery, you can't afford you know what I mean, if you're doing that. They learned that themselves, and that's, and that means and then that they passed on, you know what I mean? Like, um, like, uh, I remember one night, James will tell just absolutely true story. And it was during the 1991 series with Dublin and ourselves and all the matches were going on and on. And um, one of the wives of one of the girls said to me, she said, Sean, we never see the lads. God, I said, I never thought of that. And I knew exactly what she meant, young family nevertheless. So I decided, anyhow, that I call off uh, a Saturday, uh, sorry, a, a Thursday night training. And I said the lads on the Tuesday night, lads, I'd see you on Saturday. Okay? Right. And one of the, one of the the same woman home me the following week, she met me. She said, don't ever do that again. It was like a bear. Sean got soft. What's wrong with him? Like, how are we going to win if we do that? <laughs> he was, and he, then, same team, that same person, out, I was in Dublin. You could drive down Grafton Street. You could drive into Suffolk Street and go down into Dane Street. And on the corner is Pope. and I, my car stopped in the traffic there and the next minute I hear oh the Lord Jesus and there's three of the players and a cousin of one the they never told the women at that uh, night off they said to go to Dublin for a few days. <laughs> and they did to come and Jesus Christ Almighty there's Paul and again right? they saying, how are you lads how's it going and now was the end of that right? and that's and that's look that's
0: humanism. Look, it's all yeah, we're, we're all adults. That's it. And, and and Sean, it's like when, when it when it comes to an end, you know, like yeah, like people, like no one, no one that has a managed a team can appreciate the effort and time that's put into it. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anyone that hasn't managed it, but it's 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 you know, you, you a lot of people around you, you know, like your own family, the whole lot. They have to sacrifice a huge amount. Not there's great rewards as well, but yeah. it your time constraints. Like you put a lifetime into me GEA, now, yeah. And when it comes to an end, the first year after you step away, what did that feel like?
1: It was like it was like a wake without a corpse. Wow. It, you know what I mean, Eddie?
0: And like was and this like,
1: people? I'll th- tell you now. I'll absolutely tell you know, this now. People calling flowers and cakes. And honest to God, like, it was it was beautiful and it was lovely. Do you know what I mean? And I remember about a month or so, um, this night we're heading down with the Chinese in Avon, the China Garden, and Tina and myself and Maki, who's the masseur still with the team and his wife Susan. And we're driving down by Dalrymple Park, and Tina says, hold up, "Hold up, hold up, hold up, turn in, Sean, turn in." And I stopped and I turned into the college where we used to train. You see, you know was said. You can drive around there, you can get help for this withdrawal symptoms, Zillafam. With like when I was at home for the month, I was nearly I was nearly under her feet all the time. She always like, oh, was a training session or there was the match. That's, that's human nature. Yeah, big change. It was a big change. But like I had the time in life and I mean that. And I mean that. In the early days I wasn't married. I wasn't married at the end of nineteen ninety. And then sort of when Shawnee came along sort of nineteen ninety two and then 1994 and then in ninety six. And we got to the stage that I tell you I was gassed, In ninety six Darren was born four or five days before the All Ireland. And then uh uh Deere was wasn't long born for ninety nine and then even in two thousand and one and they began to say in the county jails where we're on board again, Sean that there was the child you every year in all Ireland. You follow me that was <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, look, there was so much fun. And the beautiful thing like, for me was that um, for, you know, Sean and Kieran and Dara, they were in the company for many of the sessions. And then the end, towards the end, even Darren and everything else. And he was like, but like, there were, only, there were only kids. But like, it was part of that a um, culture thing that happened. But like, there's a chap called Nick McGawley in the Philippines, he had this documentary on Sean and me uh, a while ago to do with all sorts of stuff. But Mick said to me, Sean, it's not about you. I said, look, us a habit. It's about us. It's who we are. And only for like I never look for a fixture off in twenty three years. You know what I mean? But only for Barney Allen doing the fixtures, you know, I mean? or Colin Cannon or whatever. Like, whoever Jack did, right? They they structured everything. That's that's suited. But you never got something to you never asked for something to be changed. When it came to the lads training and it came to, you know, playing the league matches, the lads who went and playing, they all played those league matches. And it was a very strong league. So look, the clubs were amazing, the lads were amazing, and their families were amazing, and there's just there's just that wonderful bond. And then even he came in and came in with us and so on. Like, no team know, before there was any sponsorship, you know, and that's, but it was, it was a seamless situation, and, uh, you know, we had a situation where we had nobody in the GPA, we had be in the GPA, and, um, but, and, and yet i realised the importance of it, do you follow me? Yeah. I like, said, lads, what we'll, we'll be looked after, that. And was everything perfect? It wasn't Eddie, but honest to God, there was an awful lot because it was very open, it's very open and then you know oh uh, the one place that was terribly often uh, was in that say like for instance the week of a match or whatever it would be I wouldn't want distraction you know what I mean um, I wouldn't want distraction I wouldn't want people coming in telling us what to do or whatever it was look we made our own decisions we stuck by it and you know if we got it wrong we got it wrong and um but we were lucky a lot of the times
0: we got it right. and when it's when it's all said and done and you look back you know over your years in, in, in the game is there is there any regrets do you look back at anything and say you know I wish I'd done that different or I'd like to have you know oh, changed yeah. that oh, there would be yeah of course
1: there would um, when, you, when you look back on the matches that you lose of course you of course there and like be very foolish not to say well I would, I would have done exactly the same again I would have learned from it and it hurt. Um, and again after every championship was over, you went before the county board and delegates for asking good questions and so on. I found no offence with that. You know, I actually welcomed that. And um, because did I feel guilty about any of it? No, I didn't, because all I could do was my best and that was exactly it. And would happen through the involvement of huge numbers of people which you, know what I mean? Like, So, she remember when Shawnee, you know, I don't know had to go one night, with Shawnee, I was going after Shawnee and his selectors meeting in a hurry with Pat Rams and Tony Brennan, and we had it down in Tony's house. And sure, and Shawnee was only a year old, and Kay put him in the, in, the, in a cot down there we were having the meeting, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 like, and, and when you look back on all of those things, you know, it's it's, it's, it's wonderful and it's great.
0: And you say it didn't Like See I don't know Sean Because I'm not Sean Boylan And I haven't managed The team for 23 years But Like You say it didn't you, ne- you never annoyed you Never You know When you go to these Delegate meetings And you know Lads are questioning Decisions that you might have made Or yeah. that, that never bothered you at all No
1: it didn't Because I, like That was the right That was the place to do it And it's the same The same Look um, I we remember we were playing uh, Cork at 99 and I came up out of the dugout and I go to our dugout, me dugout and I'm in the middle of the Cork supporters and Lord Jesus, there was this man up the back and the abuse was given. he was giving was unread, right? And I just left my jumper down, and I the field out to the lads, and then I came back and he started again and uh, and I said to myself, God almighty, wonder wonderful is Larry Tompkins going through down the far end? He's a bit <laughs> of a supporter, you okay. And uh, the game was only on the ball came off Philip Clifford's knee and straight in my arms when I threw the who, who, to comic Murphy to take the sideline ball what your man didn't say to me a ball you said Bulls. and uh, one of the men with me Dennis Murtagh had said to James Riley the assistant secretary that man gets on to Shane anymore, anymore you tend to say this <laughs> well, James said I couldn't do that James you do what I tell you so when I threw the ball and he started me again James turned around shut his mouth and for the rest of the match your man abused James and forgot all about me and that's the way sport goes go. and, <laughs> and, and that's it you know
0: they they'd moved on to the next victim he moved on to the next and, and,
1: and that's the excitement like that's sort of talk about the tension that your own people have like um the famous story told about Mick Cole and good with the Dublin footballers and um Larkin Redmond was a selector from St. Margaret's with Kevin Heffernan. And he went to Kevin before one of the matches against Kerry and he said, Kevin, he said, A lot of the lads are very anxious. Some of them are not sleeping. And Kevin said to me, Look at the lads, he said, Lorkin was telling me, some of you having trouble sleeping. He said, There's no need for that. He said, That's what the doctor's here for. See if he can help you out. Who's not who's not having problems sleeping? the most laid-back man of all time the got me good to soul was Nick Holden and he put up his hand Kevin said, Nick, he said, are you not sleeping? No, see, Kevin, but for the mother for the mass, cat, last 30 years can't close her eyes at night and if you were something that can help her sleep, I want it. Oh, it's you couldn't, you couldn't be, don't be.
0: And, Sean, like, the, the, the second last question I have for you is, you know, over your career, like, you've, you reinvented yourself a couple of times. With me, there was a there was a gap between a few drinks, and you came back and had another All Ireland. Is there? Is there? You know, if you were sitting down at you know at the Pearly Gates, and someone says to you, Sean, you know, what was what's the proudest moment on uh, in the GEA world for for Sean Boylan? What was your proudest moment? Is it that first All Ireland? Is it the last All Ireland? Is there any specific time? Do you say if I could? Try I suppose be... winning the
1: Leinster in eighty six was massive, and eighty seven was astonishing. Uh, I never like. I would have always aspired to play at the top level and I never had that opportunity because it didn't happen or it wasn't good enough or whatever it was. But it didn't mean like I remember playing one day a kick hard against McKenny, the better thirty three points and like coming off the fee Flip Garrigan said, Sean we went bad I said, Flip, we were shy but look it we'll go out tomorrow and we'll try and improve again and uh, but like they were incredibly proud moments to see lads achieving veterans in their sport. Great players who might never have won But, like, they're the ones who play the game, and they're the ones who won the game, Eddie. And that's something I never lost sight of. Like, the most important people, doesn't matter if the president of Ireland are there, or whoever is there, the most important people are the people who play or talk out on the day of the match. And that can be number 23 or 24 for your your county or whatever. And the role that play is absolutely huge. And I would have seen it with lads who weren't starting and started, who would have felt they should have started and the support that they gave to the lads of the field to play like you can imagine because I never had big parents deliberately to the championship because um, <clears throat> always always well, I always felt the world was there I always felt they felt that they were going to be playing on the day and uh, so am I expecting the lads were not picked to love me the week of the match no no I, I'd be raging if I was a player Jesus you know, is he, is he mad mad that he doesn't
0: pick me, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's but that's sport, you know. That's sport. No, it is. And Sean, the one I'll leave you with is is is, is this year's championship. We're down to three now. Obviously we've had a couple of delays and whatnot. Yeah. Mayor <coughs> sitting, I suppose, waiting there. Probably not ideal the gap between these games for Mayo that's my own personal opinion um, yeah. and, 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 and the fact that they don't know who they're playing yet either but Curry and Tyrone face each other in the semis but of the three teams that are left who would Sean Boylan be predicting will be the All-Ireland champions this year and why? Um, first of all I want
1: to say about Mayo what they have done in that county what James Horn has done these lads over the last couple of years has been and astounding, And the number of players that he brought in, the way he's blended and so on, and to, to see the way they take off, they're just taking on the game. So in other words, they want to create their own history. What has gone before, they're not interested in that. And it is a difficult way to having to wait. But look, they're there. So everything that's been thrown before them so far this year, they have dealt with and they've dealt with well. On a personal level, when our own county were playing against them in the national league and didn't put out the strongest team against them, I was raging because I said that's where you measure yourself always against the best. Now that was a decision that managers or team selectors have to make, but that would have been that was mine at the time. I said it at the time, so I'm not saying out of place. Yes. Now, you know, it's not their fault because of the circumstance of what has happened when we won the All-Ireland replay in 1988 against Cork, the replay was played on the 13th of October. And the reason was it was a round of the Tour de France in Ireland. And there were in cameras to cover Crow Park and to cover it. And that's why the match was put back for a week. And that enabled Joe Castles the day before his 13th birthday, the day before his 34th birthday, to lift the San Maguire Cup. If it was a week earlier, he'd never been able to play, been injured all year. Right? So that's the way things go. Anyhow, between Tyrone and Kerry, I don't think there's a whisper between them. And you might say, well, look at what Tyrone have gone through. Forget about that. It's what happens on the team, what's happening on field play on Saturday. And I haven't seen a Tyrone team yet when it comes to playing against Kerry in Championship that haven't made it really difficult for them. Do I think this present Kerry team played glorious football? I absolutely do. But, like, it's a while since they played in an all-out of the semi-final. They didn't play in it last year. And, like, it's like an eternity. when a year is gone or two years or whatever is gone. And to Rome, <laughs> we want to make amends for the last couple of times they've met them in, in semi-finals and so on. But <clears throat> I, think, I think, I just think it'll be awful close. It wouldn't surprise me again if it went to extra time, but a very short time then for the for the for the All Ireland final. So it's I think it's I think Eddie. I'm not playing the middle of the road, but I think it's really up for grabs. And if you ask me, secretly I would have gone for Kerry uh, from early on in the year. The way Tyrone have improved has amazed me. And if you ask me on my heart, who I'd love to see winning it, uh, I'd probably say Mayo because of the resilience and the spirit of the grave to shown, you know what I mean, that nobody can take this from us and I just
0: love that. On that note, Sean, I will thank you for being so good with your time and so open and honest uh, with everything that we've chatted about. I'm sorry if I've, I've kept you longer than we agreed. No, I've but, right delayed
1: you,
0: Eddie, I'm anyway. sorry Um No, God, no, no, I could I could talk to you all day, but Sean, it's it's been an absolute pleasure there and you know, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say thanks a million mind yourself and uh, hope you enjoyed the, the football over the weekend thanks very much cheers sir. thanks a million bye. Sean bye. bye bye and thanks once again to Sean Boylan that was an uh, absolute pleasure to chat to Sean uh, I really enjoyed it and I hope you enjoyed it too and I look forward to speaking to you all again next week with another GEA legend Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot, Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won car of the year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the year and not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's
1: five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Old Kilkenny today.